I'm your host, Dakota. I'm your host, Destiny. Where everything is 99% nerd and 1% everything else. to the broadcast nerd hour good morning good afternoon and welcome back to the broadcast nerd hour welcome back to this well for us long labor day weekend yes so this episode will be releasing the thursday after labor day Mm -hmm. and we are continuing our conversation about spider-man in the spider spider-man saga so spider-man (laughs) spider-man And as some would say, we are starting off with the favorite Spider-Man. I wouldn't say the favorite. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think, think everybody, there's a Spider-Man for everybody. and But there's something to like about all of these Spider-Man. Like for me, okay, so we're talking about Tom Holland. Yes. And for me, it was my first experience with, with Spider-Man. And there's something really special about that for you it was toby Maguire. for your siblings it was andrew garfield yeah and so i am just such a fan of tom holland i'm a fan of all of them but tom holland is just he truly is your friendly neighborhood spider-man he he to me comes off as like a like a more innocent spider-man yes that you know even though he's the spider-man that has experienced the most and this may be the fact that we have so much help from Tony Stark and Stark Tech and stuff throughout the first two movies that he we haven't seen a Spider Man that had to fully rely on him. So mm-hmm. and I think that maybe why we it's easier to see because this Spider Man is doing it he's trying to he's proving people wrong, trying to prove people that he's his own, but that that father figure is still over him of Tony. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where it is because everybody goes through that in their life where they, they strive to be different from their parents. And I think that's what we see, especially in the second movie here. So we start out with the first movie homecoming and this isn't the first MCU appearance of Spider-Man. No, Civil War was. Mm-hmm. If you don't know, he gets brought in for the end fight, and Homecoming starts with a little, like, home video recording of his time, like, in Civil yeah. War. It's super duper cute. It's yeah. It, it is very cool, because it's just, it show it makes a more personable mm-hmm. Spider-Man in this day and age. You know, the Spider-Man that... That or the the kid with the phone and that's wanting to record everything, whether he's going to look back on him or not. Yes, and so we see kind of the beginning of his relationship with Happy and with Tony, and he, Peter Parker is really excited to do another mission, you know. Yeah. And really help out. And they're like, no, just stay home. Do your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man thing. And, like, we'll contact you if we need you. So, if this is your first one you've watched, 
if this is the first one you've watched or if this is the first installment you've watched of the Spider-Man series, the, you, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that, yes, there's not a origin story to this Spider-Man. We They give us little hints that kind of ties mm-hmm. it together that we do know Tom Holland was bit by a spider just like all the other ones. Uh, we know that he's like Andrew Garfield where he creates his own web fluid. But he has the strength, he has the sense, he he's he favors Tom or he favors Andrew Garfield's mm-hmm. Spider Man more than Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. But I think where the big difference comes in in this is they they kind of assume that we already know what's going to happen with him. Um, we don't see some of the standardized villains though. In either no. one of these movies, I mean, we 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 saw Vulture in the first one, and we have Mysterio in the second one, but those we can both we can kind of agree that both of those are at the end of the day are kind of you know Avenger not Avengers level threats, but they're definitely threats that were for somebody bigger than Spider Man, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, and I think the other thing that is different about this universe is his home situation so he literally just has an aunt may yes we get no background on what's happened to his parents no uncle ben no uncle ben he's got an mj but that's like the only like similar characters to the other spider-mans no gwen stacy I'm trying to think of some of the others. I know Gwen Stacy's the other big one that's kind yeah. of... No Harry. Yeah, no Harry. But the, the thing with the Mary Jane in this lineup is completely different. And I love this Mary Jane. Yes. I was reading, and I guess I didn't know this because I we didn't watch it when it came out. We weren't, like, really into it then. But a lot of people were upset that they, like, changed the race of MJ. And I'm like... Wow. I don't think it's... I don't think, I don't think it matters. No, it doesn't. The The things that I always look at as far as Mary Jane being completely different is her personality. Because it's always portrayed that Mary Jane is kind of a outgoing, expressive person. Same thing with Gwen Stacy. Then and we get this one that's... She's kind of, outgoing and expressive in her own way. Yes, but she's kind of reserved. She's quiet. She is very punctual. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also very aggressively truthful. Yes. Where we don't generally see that with Toby Maguire's Mary Jane or Tom, or I'm sorry, Andrew Garfield's Quinn Stacy. So I, I'm a fan of this MJ. She's definitely my favorite. Yes. I have to say, and maybe it's just cause I really like Zendaya. I've liked everything she's ever been in. Zendaya is good. And I think she's so pretty, but... <laughs> well, and there was a lot of natural chemistry between her and Tom Holland. Obviously, they're dating. Yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. But yeah, this universe is really different with like his like situation around him. Now, I will say, going from movie to movie in this one, this is where the biggest difference between all the other Spider-Mans are. This is not a standalone series. It, or it, Yes, it is a standalone series, but it's not a standalone in the way that you can't just watch these movies and know what's happening. Right. So, Homecoming, you can get by on Homecoming, 
without watching Civil War. Because they have that little thing at the beginning that well, kind of tells you what's been happening. But they definitely give you the point of view that, like, hey, you kind of need to go watch at least the last fight scene and, and understand. You really need to watch the whole thing to understand where the world's at right now. And... Because you don't get the... If not, you don't get the joke of why all of a sudden they're calling Captain America a fugitive. Yeah. You don't understand... You don't understand a lot. You don't understand why they're selling selling uh, Stark Tower. Mm-hmm. You don't... There's a lot. But you also, without... If you go back to the Avengers and the rest of the MCU at this time, can't really not watch Spider-Man either. You can. Because you don't know what's going things. on. Yeah, you don't... There's little things that you don't know because if you don't watch it, then you don't know Stark Tower gets sold. Yeah. You don't know what, like, the state of, like, where the kids are and, like, how Captain America is still being portrayed as a hero even though he's a criminal of the state. And you don't know about the new Avengers campus either. Yeah, you don't get to see it at the end. Because, so, if you didn't have Homecoming, then you would come in at you know infinity war and be like whoa oh where, where did this come from yeah yep so also um, one thing we caught and then they like come back in wandavision is when tony is talking to peter parker at the end about bringing him to live at you know inviting him to be an avenger and yeah inviting him to live and live on the Avengers campus. He was, like, talking about Vision. He was, like... He would be next to Vision's right now. Yeah, he was, like... He doesn't really like, like, doors or he walls. He doesn't do doors or yeah, something Yeah, like and, and then we see that in WandaVision in the flashbacks where Vision just, like, walks through her door. So I thought that was pretty cool how they tied those two things together. Yeah, and I do love the fact that in WandaVision they make it seem like, like, doors or is a concept that vision just doesn't understand yeah like he just he can't get behind the fact he just needs to like turn the handle and open it yeah so this is it's a very fun movie this i'm not going to say this spider-man is more comedic but we probably see more of this spider-man out of suit than we do the rest of them and his like where we see toby Maguire and andrew garfield they're like Rescuing people from burning buildings and, you know, stopping thieves and criminals and all this stuff. You know, Peter Parker is helping a lady cross the street who then buys him a churro. Yeah. You know, like, that's kind of what he does. Do a flip. (laughs) (laughs) Do a flip. (laughs) Yeah, so this one, this Spider-Man's a lot more personable, at least, than the rest of them. I think what always gravitates me toward this, though, is... We get a, in in each trilogy of Spider-Man, I know you can't call Andrew Garfield's a trilogy yet, but each trilogy of Spider-Man or generation of Spider-Man, however you want to look at it, we see a little bit more of Peter in each one. So we have Tom Holland, I'm sorry, we have Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, and we primarily see him in the suit. I mean, yeah. we hear his voice and everything, but he's not Peter Parker. He's Spider-Man. We yeah. get just enough of him out of the suit to know what's going on in Peter's life separate from Spider-Man. But that's really it. Andrew Garfield, same way, but we see we see more of his dating life with Gwen Stacy. We see mm-hmm. more of the struggles he's going through in his household and his family. And him as a child. So we see more of him there. But then we get to Tom Holland. 
and we see a ton of him, and we see a ton of him pulling his mask off. Yeah, but he's also, while we see more of that, he's also, you know, less open about being Spider-Man. He literally doesn't want anyone to know, and Mm. nobody knows except Tony Stark and Happy. Yeah. Until... Ned finds out by accident. MJ kind of finds out... She finds out on her own. She figured it out, but like, you know... Everyone kind of... Oh, Aunt May finds out by accident, too. Which we could kind of blame that on Tony. Well, I mean, both of them is to blame, but, like, there's just a bag sitting on his bed, and if, just say, you know, Peter didn't come home that night, you don't think she would have went in and went, oh, what's in here? Thinking it was, like, maybe a bag of food or something she needed to put up and would look in it and see the suit. No, I thought she she walked in and saw him at the end of Homecoming. I'm saying if... If he didn't come home that night or something. Oh, gotcha. Like, it was a little sloppy. Like, she would have found out one way or another. But also, Aunt May seems a little, like, hands-off and is like, okay, like, do your thing. Because she says in the first movie, I know you sneak out of this house every night. I know you quit this, this, and this. So, like, but she's, like, still letting him do his own thing. So, I don't necessarily think, like, that part of it is sloppy. Yeah, she's definitely a parent of... Of t- today's generation. That's <laughs> is what she's being a parent of. So, but if you look at it from the outside, I mean, she is, looks like she is a single woman that we can only assume that hasn't been married yet in this universe. Mm-hmm. That has not had children and now she has her nephew. So, this is all fresh to her to some degree. So. But, you know, going back to the original point, like, everyone... With Tom Holland, finds out by mistake that he's Spider-Man. Yeah. It's not on purpose. He doesn't come out and tell anyone. Except for Mysterio. Yeah. He does kind of... Well, no. No. Um, Nick Fury makes him take his mask off as they walk into that building. So, he doesn't tell anyone. And he's way more private than the others. Like, he literally just wants to do good. And he doesn't want anyone to know about him. Like, he's definitely the most humble Spider-Man that there is. And I think we've kind of brought that up before. But really re-watching these, definitely see it again. Like, he's the most humble. I, like, one day when I have an endless amount of money, which probably will never happen. But I would like to go... On you know they everybody does these Star Wars tours where they go through and visit all the locations that Star Wars was filmed at. Yeah, I would love to go through and ex- see all the places that Avenger films or it, like MCU's or you know narrow it down because the where Nick Fury is at in this or in Far From Home with the big white building with all the glass like that's a beautiful looking building. Yeah, and I'm sure. At least parts of it is real because that staircase was very oh definitely like it had to be real. Yeah. So, I think we should go ahead and rate this movie on a scale of one to eight because spiders do have eight legs and not six. She Just in case to, anyone has forgotten, she has to keep looking it up to remind. That herself. is not true. <laughs> I know it. I will never forget that fun fact ever again. <laughs> so. Homecoming, I am going to rate. Ooh. I'm going to rate it a six. 
You had to really think about that. Because I'm, I have to put other factors into it now. Because we have to look at all these movies as standalone Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Because it is the Spider-Man saga. But the reason I'm docking it like I am is because you can't watch it as a spider as a standalone Spider-Man movie. Yeah. You have to have more context. And the same with the next one. Actually, all three of them, you have to have outside context to what's going on. So you can't just come in and watch this movie by itself. Not that I don't think many people would want to because of the what they've done with the MCU. But if you are just a Sony fanboy, a Spider-Man fanboy, and you don't want to watch anything but Spider-Man, it's hard to do it and know what's going on. It's hard to do it without having to look up you know, what? what's the current state of the universe at this point. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying there. But besides that, it's a great movie. Yeah. And Vulture's such a great villain. I mean, the fact that the the plot twist where it's the girl that he's been pursuing the whole movie's father. So for me, I'm also rating it a six. There were a lot of things I loved about it, but it wasn't, like, my favorite Spider-Man movie. While Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man, not my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah. I don't really have anything bad to say. I just wasn't a huge fan of, like, the Vulture storyline. I don't know why. It just didn't pique my interest a whole lot. It's... I can understand that. It's... But I think you had to have a villain like this for the first one for them not to do an origin story. Mm-hmm. You, they had to give you enough about what the Spider-Man is capable of and is doing and what's going on. Because I, it, every for, for some reason, this Spider-Man has a redemption arc in every single movie he has. And we'll talk about yeah. that in, in Far From Home. But every everyone he has a, some type of redemption arc in. Which is weird because it's... I mean, not that I'm complaining about it, but it is like, okay, what what's he got to overcome now? So what do you think his redemption arc was in this movie? This one was... He has to do... He doesn't have to be on his own. He can ask for help, but he has to be ready to do it. To stand up and be him. I, I did, think... He didn't need... He didn't need the suit. He he could do it on his own all alone. I think another big thing with him in this movie is that we see him texting and calling Happy a lot. And, like, reaching out to Tony Stark a lot. And it's probably helping him learn, like, hey, like, you are capable of doing these things. And you don't have to get that validation afterwards. Yeah, because you and, are capable. And he didn't need his hand held. Exactly. You know, that's... That Tony wanted him to make sure that he could make his own decisions. And oh my goodness, that part when he's talking to Tony Stark and he's like, you're not even here. And then Tony like glides out of the Iron Man suit. Oh, I know. That's... Oh my goodness. One of my favorite things in like all of the MCU. The, just any suit up for Iron Man is great, but like that one is just so... It's, so it's cool. just like, 
oh, I'm not here. Like, yeah. let me just step out freshly in my suit here as if, like... Clean press suit. Yes. That. Like, I just, like, got done getting ready. I like to imagine, like, while he's in there, like, the suit is, like, also ironing, ironing, <laughs> ironing his his suit underneath, like, making sure his tie stays nice and straight. I mean, he is Iron Man, so I don't think it's a far reach to think that his suit irons his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Rogue theory. Yes. So, let's go into Far From Home. Yes. So, where would you like to start with this? So, Far From Home is on the timeline it's like what seven six seven months after the events of endgame i think so it would have been they announced something at the very beginning of the movie and i always forget it it's something about the they've got the girl and the other guy doing the school news report yeah and they say something about they kind of catch everybody up to speed like okay like the people who blipped you know come back and they just are in the same grade they were already in and like the even though people have, some people have aged you know five years it's they're ahead now yes and so this story really does happen far from home i think right off the bat the big thing that we get in this movie is tony has left peter edith which is yeah. his I don't even know what to call him. His sunglasses that was like his Jarvis. It it was a, like the continuation of Friday. Because I think Friday was the final. Or not the final, but one of the last. It Friday's what came after Jarvis. Okay. And Edith, I think, is the one that is like paired with Friday. Edith is like the, more, is like the next step up from Friday. And like honestly... They don't look just horrible on Peter. Like, no. I don't think... I think if you put them on Captain America or anyone else, you'd be like, hmm. But, like, Peter Parker, it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, you kind of are our next Iron Man. And that's the thing about this movie. Everyone thought that this movie was setting him up to be the next Iron Man. Yeah. Which, of course, we see in the, the third one. It's not, but... Well, and like this, so with this movie and then and Falcon Winter Soldier, it's it really is the world's like trying to find who's who's next, who mm-hmm. are, who is the ones taking those positions. Which now we know. I'm not even going to go to that point because that's our grand finale video. Mm-hmm. So we know a lot more now. So. It's yeah. crazy because the world's like they're everybody's hung up on uh, on the past, and I think that's going to be something that comes back to comes back to bottom once Kane comes around. And oh my goodness, Jake Gyllenhaal is great as Mysterio. Yes, I. I mean, just I know everybody wanted him for a Mister Fantastic, which we got in Wandavision or not Wandavision Multiverse of Madness, but. Having him, he's already in this universe as a villain. So I, I and he was a great villain. Mm-hmm. He was like a fake villain, but yeah. it was so great. I love the way that they did it. Because mm-hmm. well, this movie does a really good job of of something that none of the other Spider Mans have done. They 
<laughs> they go through and show Peter Tingle. No, they it's <laughs> the Spidey sense. Yes. And they utilize it in this movie. I mean, we see it we see it in every movie or and not in every movie in every generation. We see the hair raising on the arm, the hair raising on the neck, the the hearing something from across town, the you know, the sick feeling is what I think is what Andrew Garfield Spider Man goes through where he's like feeling like disillusioned and and we see Miles Morales is the same way so it's we finally get something where he has to rely on it in a live action setting and one thing one thing that I really like that they did with Mysterio and everything once we see like okay this is all illusions he's fake they like do these really cool like cutback scenes like who all these people are on his team and how they all were ex stark industries employees and where they all fit in so i really enjoyed that part yeah i do i like that too there this movie does a really good job with a lot of stuff and it does a really good job of showing the villain's backstory along with where Spider-Man is along with where Peter Parker is and like, cause we also get the whole love arc in this mm-hmm. one with Peter. And then we also go through the whole thing of how does a neighborhood Spider-Man go, you know, all of a sudden appear in a completely different, you know, in a completely different country as you know, the in <laughs> several different it, countries I, as his, as spider-man's cousin the, uh, the not, not monkey not monkey <laughs> yeah that was funny i like when he comes out of the jail in this movie the or the municipal jail yeah and the guy's on the phone with his mask and he's like yeah 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 the night monkey <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's i almost feel like you could watch this movie this would be the movie closest that you could watch without seeing anything else and understand what's going on. But I'm going to say this because I said this to you while we were finishing up watching it. So in the movie, Mysterio is supposedly from another universe. Yeah. And my thing is, is if they believed him the whole time, why was nobody questioning how he got here? Why was that not brought up how he traveled to our universe? Obviously, we know he's a fake and that's not really true. But why did nobody question him? It makes... So, what makes me think about it is... At this point in time, the only people that would have questioned it... Would have been Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, and maybe Doctor Strange. You don't think Nick Fury would have questioned it? I think Nick Fury would have. But I think Nick Fury also, in the wake of everything that just happened is looking for people to stand up because gotcha. he's got to refill his Avengers team. Well, that, and also if you think about it like this, like Nick Fury, just undusted, which is, and this Nick Fury at this point in time is a scroll. Mm-hmm. So he just undusted. So we were also, he doesn't know what's happened while he was gone mm-hmm. or like he does, but he, you know, there's a lot that is uncertain to him. So, you know, an alien just came in and dusted away half the planet. So, is multiversal travel really that far out of the question at this point? I guess not. But I'm just, I'm shocked that there wasn't a conversation. Yeah. And and maybe that's just one of those things that they they want us to just expect that it's behind closed doors. 
Yeah, I would have liked to have seen something. That's kind of the only part of this movie where I was like, mm, really, I feel like we should have gotten more explanation on that because that just doesn't make sense that nobody was, like, wondering about it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely... It's definitely something that's there. I mean, and no movie's perfect. Every movie's got no. problems. And, you know, I do think the sad truth about these movies like this that are air quotes standalones, because I'm not going to say it's standalone because it's not a standalone movie. But if you look at Captain America, if you look at Iron Man, if you look at Ant-Man, if you look at Spider-Man, you look at all these movies that had their own standalone pieces before they come. And I know there's a lot more movies that I'm naming off, but they do kind of expect you to believe that the villains in those movies, for the most part, are isolated to those movies. And I think the downside of that is we see just for Multiverse of Madness that pretty much everybody has forgotten about this guy already existing in our universe as a villain, as Mysterio, but was really happy to see him as, I'm of course talking about Jake Gyllenhaal, Mm -hmm. was really happy to see him as Mr. Fantastic and wants him to come back as Mr. Fantastic. And it's like, I understand that you want him and you can like, there's reasoning you can come out and say that he just looks like him and stuff. But we all know from the outside looking in that it is a, it it would have to be a huge retcon to make mm-hmm. that happen. So, it I guess it's just more like how far do you push it at that point? You know, I understand that there's been recastings of, you know, Hulk, which I think is really, at this point, they could really be like, hey, there's, you know, now we got multiple universes. They can be like, hey, those Hulks just took place in different universes. That's true. And... So there's even though I do love there's a call in uh in She Hulk in the most recent episode of She Hulk, which at the time of this video would actually not be the most recent it, at the time of recording is the most recent. At the release it would be two episodes ago. They make a call where they're talking to Bruce Banner and he's talking about, Oh, I was a completely different person then and everybody's you know, assuming that he's talking about because he was not how he was now he mm-hmm. was it but he was actually i think it was a joke on the fact that it, it was a completely uh, he, different actor <laughs> yeah that i think that too that's exactly what i thought but it i love the arc though in this movie because we see a spider-man that's almost having to f- learn a reverse arc in this one from the from homecoming it the, was like had some tough moments in the end when all of the holograms are going on and they bring up Tony Stark and it was like if you had been better he wouldn't be dead and blah 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 like that was really intense and I'm thinking man if I had watched this movie when it first came out like how would I have taken that oh yeah and well and then you take oh because we didn't we of course didn't go see this movie in theaters because of the fact that we had just came off of Endgame and we were still living off of Endgame for a little bit but we didn't jump in with the Spider-Man movies really mainly because it was so hard to go see them unless you saw them in theaters because Mm -hmm. you couldn't just hop on any streaming platform it's only up until recently that you didn't have to just own the DVD to go watch it and we just didn't want to buy them yeah we're kind of cheap (laughs) well 
we we purged our movie collection a while back, and we just try are trying not to buy more movies. Mm-hmm. So, I think we should go ahead and rate this movie. Okay, on a scale of one to eight, because spiders have eight legs, I'm giving this movie a seven. It was really good. I really liked the idea of Mysterio as the villain. It was like different and I liked how they brought in characters from like past like Iron Man's and stuff and I thought it was a pretty good movie overall. I'm gonna say a six and a half. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying six and a half is uh this movie uh, going back to the whole thing, it can't be a standalone movie and I'm and I'm sorry I'm gonna be a really a real big stickler on this because pretty much all of the movies up to this point, even in the MCU, had been standalone movies. You could watch them independently from the MCU and been fine. And I'm not talking about like jumping in and watching Iron Man 2, even though you could. But I'm saying like if I was to isolate Iron Man 1 by itself and then Captain America and then Ant-Man, or not Ant-Man, Ant-Man by himself and then just all of these standalone Incredible Hulk all of these movies, you can watch them separately from the MCU and it not, and you don't need additional context. Right. You know, there, Ant-Man is the other uh, one that's like kind of getting close to it. But even like, with, you know, with Black Panther, you, you kind of, it gives you enough clues to what's going on in the world that you don't need to watch those other movies if you don't want to. And I'm not, I've watched them all. But the fact that this movie you know, it would have been like three years between this movie and Homecoming. So much happened in the MCU. And I feel like if you watched Homecoming and then this with no context of it, you would be so lost. You wouldn't have no idea. You wouldn't know why it was so emotional. Right. You wouldn't know why all of a sudden Happy was so good, like just wanted to be around Peter. You wouldn't know why Happy was all of a sudden... (laughs) With his aunt. That's you, true. You know, you wouldn't see, you wouldn't understand why there's this, you know, eight year gap all of a sudden, but they're all the same age. Mm-hmm. You know, there. so there's like, there's a lot of little things that you absolutely have to have to watch this. And I'm not saying that's like a big drawback. I, I love the fact that these movies are all interconnected, but... I still believe that this, to some degree they have to have like a watchable sense to them to where the, you know, the people out there where you have the male or female in the marriage or relationship is a crazy nut over these movies, but then you have the other one that's not. You have to make it at least somewhat enjoyable for them to come in and watch and not feel like they're going crazy. I agree with that. So that's where I'm at. And other than that, this movie was pretty close to being a perfect score for me. If it, yeah, if I felt that a lot. The, this, Even though it's not my favorite Spider-Man, and I'm saying that because like my favorite is Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire, this actually would outrank it if it wasn't for the fact of the watchability concern. Mm-hmm. So, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Tune in Monday for our House of the Dragon episode and Tuesday for our Rick and Morty episode. And at some point we're going to drop an episode on the Rings of Power because we've started that as well. Yes. The Rings of Power will be kind of 
blotchy, we're going to squeeze it in. We'll probably have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and a Thursday video. Or actually, we'll skip Thursday to Friday. We'll figure it out because once Andor comes, then we will have literally something posting every day of the work week. Yeah, and I think rings of power for us. We're not like super like, oh my gosh, we have to watch this and get an episode out. Like, I'm like the Lord of the Rings fan in the yes. marriage here. But honestly, we've got so much going on that we're just like doing the best that we can. So roadmap, you know. Yeah. It, I think it's hard to say what days things are coming out, but mm-hmm. next week we're going to finish up our Spider-Man conclusion. Andor's going to take over those main mm-hmm. episodes. We'll have Rick and Morty on Tuesdays, House of Dragons on Mondays, and then Rings of Power squeezed in there. And am I forgetting? Oh, She-Hulk. Yeah. She-Hulk's on Fridays. So, yeah, She-Hulk's on Fridays. So we're going to try to keep true to that schedule so if we do stray from that schedule, be patient with us because a lot of the stuff we are watching after work are watching late at night and are recording them that night before we can go to bed. Yeah, recording so, and editing and getting it set up to post the next day. Yes, which is a very lengthy process, especially when you break it down to we're fixing to be doing it every day of the week while we're working. So Yeah, so I think it'll be good though. So... Of course, on the day of the recording here, we have episode B3 of House of the Dragon and then episode 1 of Rick and Morty. Oh, I'm so excited. So, so so that will actually post before this episode even airs. So, you know, a little, you know, time travel trip here. So, we, uh, you know, Beth, Space Beth comes back and, you know, she kills regular Beth. Oh, whatever. (laughs) I highly doubt that'll happen. (laughs) Anything can happen. We don't know what will happen. All right. Thanks for sticking with us and stay tuned for a lot more. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Please like, follow, and share wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to leave us a review and check us out on TikTok at the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Peace out, nerds.